0: Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a show that brings you tales of terrifying females from lore, legend, and everything in between. This week, we dive back into true crime for a truly wild tale. Like many of the Black Widows covered before her, this mama wastes no time hopping from one husband to the other. Unlike the others before her, she managed to snag these suitors through a little marketing. Without further ado, let's get down to it. This week's topic is serial killer Belle Gunnis Brynhild, Paul's daughter, Sirth, was born in Selbu, Norway on November 22, 1859. Daughter to a stonemason, Brynhild, or Belle, desired a more lavish life, so she immigrated to the US in 1881 in search of wealth. In 1884, she met her first husband, Mads Albert Sorensen, in Chicago, and not long after their wedding, the couple's store and home burned down. Ever the optimists, the Sorensons collected the insurance money from the fires and moved along. Not long after that, on the day Mr. Sorensen's insurance policies overlapped, no less, the man complained of a headache. Belle claimed to have given her husband, Quinine Powder, to help with the pain and later found him dead from heart failure. His family did not believe the simple excuse, and demanded an inquiry be made. But no charges were ever filed. With the $8,500 Bell collected from her husband's life insurance policy, worth $259,000 in 2020, she bought a farm in Laporte, Indiana. In 1901, Bell found a new husband in Peter Gunnis, a butcher and hog farmer in Laporte. Eight months after their marriage. Peter died from a skull injury. In Belle's story of the incident, Peter was reaching for something high on a shelf when a meat grinder fell on his head and killed him. People around the couple didn't truly believe the story. Peter was known to be a skilled butcher and farmer, and generally not a clumsy guy. If Belle was the only other person living at the farm, then maybe suspicion would have stopped at that. But Peter had a daughter, Jenny, who was just 14 at the time. Someone had overheard the young girl telling a classmate that her mother had hit her father over the head with a meat cleaver. In front of a coroner's jury, Jenny denied this comment, a move that may have cost her her life. By 1906, Bell told neighbors and friends Jenny went off to a finishing school in L.A., only for the girl to turn up dead on the Gunnis property not long after. Bell was not charged for this crime. Following this death, were many more. Bell began meeting with wealthy men after putting an ad out in the lovelorn column of the local newspaper. Her ad read as follows. Personal, comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in LaPorte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless the sender is willing to follow answer with a personal visit. Triflers need not apply. If anything can be said about this, it's that Belle didn't have time to waste and she knew what she wanted. Men came too. They would answer her ads and pay her a visit on her farm, often bringing cash along with them. Of course, they were never to leave the farm or be seen by others again. Finally. By 1907, Bell realized she needed help tending to her farm and hired a farmhand, Ray Lampfear. He was supposedly there doing many of these visits from suitors. This will be important later on. In 1908, the brother of one of her suitors became suspicious when he hadn't heard from his brother after a visit to Bell's farm. He contacted Bell to inform her that he intended to do a search to which she tried to persuade him that it would be awfully expensive and not worth the financial strain. He did not go for it. Along with this trouble came the issues with Ray. Turns out the farmhand was deeply in love with Belle and terribly jealous of her visitors. Belle ended up firing him in February of 1908 and proceeded to bring him to court twice once claiming that he was a menace to the public and needed to pass a psychiatric exam, which he did, and another time for trespassing on her property. She, of course, was trying to find a way to rid herself of him as a problem, while at the same time being in deep with her suitor's brother. This is when, in April 1908, Bell's farmhouse went up in flames. Being completely burned to the ground, Workmen would later search the smoldering remains to find four skeletons. Three were identified as Belle's foster children who were living with her at the time, and the last skeleton was missing a vital part in determining who it was, its skull. Not long after that, upon digging up more areas of the Gunness Farm, the remains of over 40 bodies, both men and children, were discovered in shallow graves. This shocked the community and many wanted answers to how the fire began and what exactly happened to Bell. This is when a young boy, John Solem, stepped forward, claiming that he saw none other than Ray fleeing from the scene of the crime right before the farm went ablaze. Unable to provide a solid alibi, Ray was arrested and eventually charged with murder and arson. In November of 1908, he was sentenced to 20 years in state prison only to die of tuberculosis in december of the following year while on his deathbed reverend e a shell tending to the dying ray claimed the man revealed bell's crimes and swore she was still alive in this confession ray said bell lured a woman to the farm under the pretense of hiring her as a housekeeper once there she drugged and killed the woman then removed her head using butchering skills she picked up from her previous husband peter Knowing full well her plan to set the house on fire, Ray was ready to help his beloved Belle make her escape. When Gunness did not come to the road where Ray waited as planned, he realized she had cut across a field in the opposite direction and fled into the woods. Around the burned skeleton, some of Belle's teeth were eventually found, but Ray claimed Gunness removed her false teeth and placed it near the woman in order to convince police the body was hers. After this... Belle was suspected to have been seen in several cities and towns in the U.S. Her body was never positively identified, and Belle Gunness herself, was never found. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover, or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on Instagram, Also, if you could rate, review, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas.